Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And this is the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want. Where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty roller coaster where we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship. Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. We're back with another incredible guest. Today we have Clara. She's an international speaker, an award-winning educator, best-selling author and host of Women Winning Their Way and Be Productive. She is the founder and CHO, which is Chief Harmony Officer of Capano Speaking and Training and the creator of Clarity Success Method. With over 20 years in sales and leadership, her passion is providing women in business with work of key strategies so that they can work with more intention and put themselves back in the driver's seat of their life and help them create harmony between their personal and professional lives. Let Claire help you find clarity and help you create success on your time free from guilt, overwhelm, and burnout. Claire, welcome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me here. Of course. Yeah, I'm excited. I love the clarity. All of you yeah. in uh, YouTube world and podcast world can't see that she actually used her name in that. Yes, that, that was a gift that was given to me many years ago by someone that I worked with who was kind of an older crotchety man. And he would always come up to me and be like, can I get some clarification from you? And I'd be like, oh, really, dude? And then all of a sudden, brilliant. <laughs> so That's actually uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got started. Well, you know, I am that, you know, quintessential overachiever. I am the youngest of four. So I think, you know, being in the loud Italian family I'm from, exactly. It's like kind of had to push my way. And, you know, when I look at, you know, my brothers and my sisters, you know, one sister is an artist. One was, you know, sort of the party guy. Then we have the sweet one who was the cheerleader. So for me, it was going to be academics and achievement. That was going to be how I got recognized. So I drove myself, you know, by, you know, pushing myself to get straight A's, getting that first job, all of those things. And then I found myself in my 30s as a single mom with all the titles the house, the car, all of those things, and still feeling very empty. And it was then that I had to start learning that I had to redefine how success was going to be for me because chasing after all of those check boxes uh, didn't bring me the fulfillment that I thought it would. Oh my gosh. Yes. I understand this 100% on mm -hmm. so many levels. I know that that checkbox mentality of just feeling like, oh, as soon as I get a house, like check, as soon as I get, I mean, I was just speaking on this at a conference recently. And it's so true that you start to feel like your worth is dependent upon checking off these boxes. And it's so much more that, and once you get those boxes checked off, you, you understand that there is something missing and it's because you haven't properly defined what success is to you. 
Exactly. And you just keep chasing and you just keep chasing and you just feel more and more empty. And, you know, the big moment came when my son was about three and a half. And, you know, I realized I wasn't being present with him. I wasn't really showing up for my clients the way that I needed to show up. And, you know, even my friends, one of my friends had even told me, she's like, you know, we can't really hang out anymore because, you're no fun to hang out with. You're, you're bitter. You're, you know, empty, all of these things. And it really caused me to pause and take, you know, a big truth look at myself and kind of really reassess who it was that I wanted to become because I had not liked the person I was becoming. That is a, <laughs> it feels like this is the story of the, the theme of the last few weeks that we've been having this discussion over and over again. It's just really, it's so powerful because so many people don't recognize either from an outside influence that kind of triggers that or from an inter internal influence that triggers like I'm unhappy. I'm not showing up the way that I can show up. I'm not getting the results that I want and all these other things that are compounding around us. And I would love for you to share like that, like small aha moment where you're like, oh, snap, like this is it. And kind of some immediate things that maybe you, you dug into. Sure. So it really was, you know, my son. And at that one moment in time, you know, we were home at night and I, at this time I was divorced. So I was sharing custody and Nicholas had been just working on a picture. You know, he was drawing a picture and I was doing some work. It was probably around seven o'clock at night. And he came over as I was working and just wanted to show me the picture that he, he had drawn and he was so proud of. And I sort of pushed him aside. You know, mommy will look at that in a few minutes. Mommy's just got to finish doing this right now. And lucky for me, he basically stopped me in my tracks and said, mommy, you're not paying attention to me. Mm -hmm. And whatever it was in that moment, you know, it was as if the world stopped and it really caused me to be like, wow, I need to start listening because this was the most important relationship to me. You know, this was everything I was doing was to build a life for this boy, you know, to be a role model and to be, you know, the best. And so after I put him to bed that night, I, you know, fell on the floor and had my ugly cry and, you know, started to kind of wonder, how did I get here? I had done all the right things. How did I get here? And, you know, I realized it was, again, by pushing myself so far and having this mentality of, I'm going to outwork everybody in the room because I thought if I could just work harder, everybody would see how successful I was being. They would see how hard I was working and that would matter. But on my path to do all of those things, I was showing up empty. I was completely absent because I wasn't being truly present wherever I needed to be. So I did have to make a decision. Was I just going to wake up in the morning and be like, eh, that was a rough night and just jump back on it? Or was I really going to take it to heart? So I started really just looking at ways I could get better. And one of the, the first things I did is starting expectations with my clients because I really felt answering the phone every time it rang. If they said, oh, can you meet us at five? Yes, I can. I thought by doing all of those things, I was being a rock star. You know, I was being there for my clients. This is exactly what they would want. But it was causing me to fall behind in the areas that really mattered, such as my family. So by doing little things such as, you know, can you give me a three-hour window to return any calls or emails? You know, responding with, oh, I'd love to meet you at five. However, I have a previously set appointment. I can make it there at 4.15. 
So by doing those things and taking back control over how I have my time, it really allowed me to control the process. Now, there's always going to be some wiggle room and there's always going to be some of those things. And I've had some epic mom fails, such as waking up in two, at two o'clock in the morning and realizing that I had just booked a training and it was going to be over my son's eighth grade graduation. So it definitely wasn't perfect, but you know, it really allowed me to start to kind of have these checks and balances and always going back to before I agree to do something now, what I always do is I ask myself, if I agree to do this new thing, what is it that I have to say no to? You know, does it make good business sense? Is it moving me towards that vision of who it is I want to become? So those were some of the things that I really tried to implement right away. But the biggest thing was those boundaries. And by simply saying, I would love to do it, but I have a previously set appointment. They didn't need to know what my appointment was. It didn't matter if it was picking my son up. It didn't matter if I wanted to watch a movie or take a nap. It doesn't really matter. It's an appointment. And by really time blocking and really looking at where I was investing my time, that was the biggest thing. And that then started spilling over into how I became a productivity expert. Um. Yes, Amanda, I know you're like, <laughs> this is like, so what we talk about and all I can hear is one of the phrases I love to say, and you were actually doing it is we train others how to treat us. And so you were essentially retraining your clients, your boundaries and context in which that you guys will dance in. And Absolutely. I think that it is super important. And I know Amanda and I both, we like, the only word I can think of is harp on our clients about like, nobody knows that you are going to be taking a nap during that time or whatever you're doing during that time, even if you don't have anything. And it's not to be the big man or big woman on the block to have that control. But really what it is, is it's you are setting the playground, the contacts, the boundaries in which you guys will operate within. And people will get more out of the relationship either be business or personal, um, when you do that, because lines aren't as blurred. Exactly. And it's really a big mindset shift. And that's what it was for me anyway, is the change in mindset of how I look at time and also how I look at the value that I bring and things like self-care, you know, when the things that get scheduled get done. And so that's why everything needs to be an appointment because we show up for our appointments and then learning how to, again, talk in their language by saying, I have a previously set appointment. Oftentimes I would even say, you know, just like I'm here with you right now, it would be rude of me to be answering my phone. So it puts it in a concept that they understand. And this idea of self-care, you know, I have to take care of myself because if I am not well, I can't possibly show up for them and take good care of them. But it really caused me to, again, really shift my vision and my understanding of these types of concepts and going from a work all the time to a work with purpose. And once you kind of make that shift, you start to understand the value of what it is you're bringing to the table. And quite frankly, so many other industries do this all day long, but many times as entrepreneurs and independent contractors, we don't think of it. You know, I can't call the doctor and say, oh, I don't feel well today. I'm free at 930. I'll see you then. They'll be like, oh, you're adorable. But no, we have a 245. Do you want it or not? You know, and we have to, again, make it because people also want to work with successful people. And if you're just a blank canvas and you're like, oh, I can work with you whenever, doesn't give the same. They aren't going to value your time as much. You know, we actually talk about something similar in uh, one of our books about 
being your best client and how, you know, like you said, if it doesn't matter if you're getting a pedicure, a spa treatment, like taking a nap, like it said, Lynn, that it's scheduling out that boundary and treating it like it's a client. So if you need that time to give to yourself and you've put that on your calendar, stop saying that it's not as important just because it's for you and not necessarily for a client. And it really does allow you, it's that mindset shift of allowing yourself to have that time and setting that boundary and, and training your people how to treat you because that's what's going to get rid of that guilt that we inevitably feel as entrepreneurs feeling like you have to do all the things all the time, be there, be customer service oriented, but being customer service oriented doesn't mean that you're a pushover and that you get walked on all day long and that you do whatever they want, whenever they want it. That's, that's not what it is to be customer service oriented. And so that's part of that shift and how you think about it and how you set up boundaries properly. Yeah. And I also think it's about learning how to implement deadlines. And because if I just say, oh, I'm going to work on this today, that takes me all the way to 1159. Whereas, you know, the concept of going on a trip, if I have a plane that I need to catch at six o'clock at night, I'm at the airport, I'm set, I'm ready to go. And isn't it interesting how uber productive we are that day before we go on vacation, because we have deadlines. We have to do the same thing. We can't just say, oh, I'm going to work on this project today. I'm going to work on this project between two and four. You know, I'm going to make reach out calls to my clients between 12 and one. Give yourself deadlines because time will expand for whatever time we give it. So you can be more productive when you actually constrict the time. And that's, you know, what it's about. It's not about being busy. It's about being productive and really looking not at the hours, but how you're using those hours. Oh yeah. That busy. That's a buzzword for me. Woo, it's a trigger. Yeah. It's one of our, I mean, we talked about this in the first book. I could talk all day long about how much I hate the word busy because I think people use it as like the scapegoat other than being productive. Like, oh, I'm so busy. I have blah, 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 blah to do, but I'm never actually getting anything done because I feel comfortable being busy and it makes mm -hmm. me seem important, but really it's just, it's an excuse for not being productive. Oh yeah. We can talk all day about how much I want people to be productive versus being busy because busy doesn't get you anywhere. Nope. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So how do you, I mean, it's interesting because <clears throat> a lot of times, and I know Amanda and I, we definitely have had our own aha moments. You talked, you spoke about your aha moment. I know you do this with your clients as well. How do you, how do you get them to um, actually start making those shifts maybe without that like initial aha moment? Yeah. Um, because sometimes, and I know speaking from our own experience, sometimes when we can see it for the client and, but because they didn't have like that little glimmer, that little aha moment, it's harder to like bring them from point A to point B. So how do you, how do you do that? So I, I love the idea of showing is better than telling, because sometimes you have to bring it into something in their world. Um, I'll give you an example of one. So I was working with a client and she happened to be a real estate agent and we were talking about investing her time. And one of the things that she had just done is she had just driven to go put flyers at her new listing. Well, the property was about 30 minutes away from her office. So from her office there and there back, it was about an hour round trip. Her dollar per hour at this time was about $350 an hour. And I asked her and I said, why didn't you just hire a courier to do that for you? She's like, it never really dawned on me. And I said, well, let's think about this. You basically just 
hired someone and paid them $350 to deliver flyers for you. Does that make good business sense? And she's like, I get it now. So sometimes, again, you have to be able to picture it and put it in their way. You know, this idea of what would the value of getting that time back? You know, what would the value be for you of being able to be at your kid's soccer game? What is that worth to you? Is it worth $100 so you can hire someone else to go and deliver something or someone else to put that flyer or that PowerPoint presentation together for you? So it's all of those checks and balances because time spent doing one thing is time spent not doing another thing. So you have to start to weigh them and start to look at them. So I do my best to, again, show them what is happening and showing them the alternatives by, by showing them stories or, again, picking out something that's going to be very relatable for them so that hopefully it starts to click and connect. I love that example because that is so true when you put it down in those, well, I mean, when you put it down in those words of like, what could you have done in that hour that would have pushed the needle further and made you actually earn a thousand dollars, $500, whatever it is. And that sort of like menial, easy, easy to delegate task. And I know it's a lot for people who are in that crunchy Mm -hmm. scarcity mode to hire somebody else to take those tasks and if you have a plan to push yourself forward and actually work during that time and not just like tra-la-la your day away, it can yeah. be so beneficial to your overall business. You yeah. just have to know what you're and doing. And speaking to that scarcity mindset, because it is scary, especially if you're a newer entrepreneur. I know for me, I was a single mom. I didn't have a lot of money to hire people, but there's little things you can start doing to be able to do that. Putting yourself on auto payment for your bills so you don't have to write out and do your bill pay. That can carve a few minutes. Scheduling in social media posts. You can sit down and in 30 minutes to 45 minutes, do all of your social media for the week and schedule it out so you're not scrambling during the week. You know, you can do a swap. Maybe you have someone else who's starting out as an entrepreneur and you guys can, you know, help each other out and do some trades or things. I used to do swaps with my friends all the time where it was, hey, I'm going to work in the morning and do these things. You know, can you watch my son and then let's swap in the afternoon so you can get kind of a buddy system going. You know, when Nicholas was, you know, younger, he's 18 now, when he would sit down to do his homework, I would sit at the same table and I would do my homework. So again, there's different ways to bring it in. There's interns that you can get. There are stay-at-home parents who would love to just do something for a few hours a week to get them out of the house where you don't have to pay them buckets of money. So there are ways to find this help and to delegate small things because even if all you can do is shave off 30 minutes a week, think about if you took that 30 minutes and you reinvested it back in to generating business, it's going to pay for itself. It just takes that leap of faith and that belief that it can work. Absolutely. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> These are all things like we absolutely talk about all the time. And I love it. I, I, and we also love having people on who have a very different outlook and opinion as well on our podcast. So those listening, I just want you to know, we're not just all about the people who think the same way that we do. <laughs> it is nice though. <laughs> it's way more fun. <laughs> Envy, but I do. I love it. And you're talking about time worth value. And Amanda did bring, and we just had this conversation. Amanda did add one little thing that I want, and you you did as well. That I want our our audience here. It's like okay, 
Yeah, you can hire somebody to do that. And that's how much you're worth hourly when you're working on your business. If you're just sitting on the couch and you haven't like put in the efforts to actually make it work without you, then it that is not your time worth value right there. So so just keep that in mind. And you absolutely nailed it. Like, okay, what can you do for that extra half hour that you shaved off of your what? whatever time slots at the end of the week, how are you going to use the extra 30 minutes to generate business, to generate business? And also, and we didn't mention this yet, like when you start to do things like this, set the context, set boundaries, start to understand your time worth value, start to make decisions based on, okay, if I take this, then I'm not going to be taking this or whatever. It also gives you not just your power back, like the the choice back we always have the choice but the like more in the driver's seat but also so much more energy so much more like uh clarity like you're able to create space to be able to have more creation have more um energy to make those moves and be more agile and resistant because you're coming from a place of more in the driver's seat so you're able to re you know respond to the the potholes versus yeah. being in the driver's seat and having no control and just kind of being whipped around yep that's so true and when you again work with that purpose and intention again you you just have that greater level of focus and productivity in everything absolutely yeah love that i i love talking about productivity i yeah. i I mean, I'm a, I'm a single parent. I, there's nothing that I do more than time efficiency and productivity. So I love talking about it. So if you can think of any other tips, like easy tips for entrepreneurs to be more productive, do you have any ideas on that? Yeah. Um, my two favorite, well, I have three favorite ones. One is I do a business planning meeting session with myself every Sunday. So before the week starts, I sit down for about 30 minutes and I go through and I proactively set together my week. I reflect on the prior week. I get my to-dos list and I put my schedule together so that again, I can go into the week knowing where my focus goes and make the tweaks that I need. So I'm set up for success that week. Every morning I do my morning routine. For me, that's my secret weapon. I know for a fact when I get up and I do those things and a lot of it is mindset work, you know, just getting myself ready to go um, and, you know, really setting that strong foundation of positivity and focus for the day. So those are some other things. And then I do something where I call it bubble time. It's not really a new concept, but I run my days. And what I do is for 45 minutes, I go into a bubble. And I work intently for 45 minutes with no distractions. And then I step out of my bubble and I have 15 minutes to take a little break, to check my voicemails, emails, address things. But it gives me that concept of, again, a deadline. And when you can really step in and have purposeful time with focused attention, you can get so much done. And, you know, what I find is, you know, I you can run your entire day like that. A lot of times that's what I do with my mornings. And then my afternoons can be a little bit more free form. Absolutely. And I see that that's your book behind you. Yes. Matt, do you want to tell us a little bit about your book before we ask you for last thoughts? I would love to. So this is my third book and it's called The Mother of All Success Manuals. So I took that aha moment of my son, you know, breaking down my world for me. And this is really my story and it's my gift. One of the things that I'm really passionate about doing is helping professional women 
design the life that they want to really get clear on that vision and then put together a success plan that's going to help them do that. So this book is all about helping working moms take back that control of their time drop the guilt, and again, find more of that work-life harmony. So it goes through three sections. It has mindset, skill sets, and actions. And it really just breaks it down and gives them real life tips and strategies to help them again, get back in that driver's seat. And I wrote the book. A lot of people said you should do a workbook along with it. But quite frankly, working moms, they don't have time to do one more thing and to pick up another workbook. So I tried to combine it all together. So after each chapter, it actually has a little um, workbook journal area where you can talk about how you're going to implement what it is that you just worked on. So it's just, it's really supposed to be more of a guidebook. And again, a tool that they can come back to at different stages of their life and really, again, do that self-assessment audit on themselves. We're both laughing because you are so much like, it feels like we're talking to ourselves and our, <laughs> too, we have a work, a worksheet at the end of each of our chapters as well, because we're very action oriented and like, and we also were told make a workbook and we're like, eh, maybe. And then we're like, uh, yeah. that. No, like, I'm like, let's just make it easy. Let's just make yeah. it easy. Let's give it to them. They need it now. I so mm -hmm. you are so yeah. like, <laughs> feel like your long lost friend or sister. I, know. I, I just actually had the quote. I was like, did we just become best friends? I, I think, think so. so. I think so. Any last thoughts for our audience? You know, I just think one of the biggest things is you have to be honest about your capacity, um, you know, going into each week. So many times we go into the week and we're like, okay, I'm going to tackle all these things. But that's not really realistic. So again, look at your week. What are your hours of operation this week? Because even though we're entrepreneurs, our hours of operation are not 24-7. There shouldn't be. Now, there might be times where it's going to require 12, 13-hour days and other times not. But in general, again, what are your hours of operation? What is your start time? When is your end time? And go into the week and really be honest about what you have. Because again, I said it before, it's not about the hours you have. It's about how you use those hours and how you invest that time. So again, get very clear and get very honest because I've had some people get out there and kick butt and only have 15 hours a week to dedicate to building their business. And they do it because they work for those 15 hours and they work doing the right activities. I am. Okay. So I do have to add to that because I'm sitting here laughing because I get so much slack because I have global clients. I live in Bangkok and people are like, and actually it's kind of maybe hurt me a little bit in the dating world. People are like, you work all the time. I'm like, yeah, I do work all, I do work a lot. However, like, even though I was up at 4am working and last night at 11, I still had like six hours during the day that I was doing stuff for me and I wasn't working. And so I love that you actually, you said a start and time, a start and stop time. However, you also said about like how many hours, if it's 15 hours mm -hmm. a week, like how are you going to use those? Because it is about, and you said this earlier with your son about that creativeness. I was that parent mm -hmm. too. My kids are a little bit older than yours. So mine are out of the house, but I was that parent as well, that single parent. And when they were doing homework, I was doing homework. When they were asleep, I was doing work. So I, I could be present during those times. And I love that you talk about that. So and get I think creative. also again, finding a pattern that works for you. When I talk about a start time and an end time, that doesn't have to mean, you know, seven to four or five or something like that. It could be that you work for three or four hours and then you take a three hour break 
And then yeah. you come back and do a couple more hours. So that's where it's, again, you've got to find your jam. You got to find what's going to work and what's going to resonate with you. And you may have different seasons and different, you know, chapters of when you put in the work. So again, that's why it's so important to be honest about it all. I'm, I love that. Love yes, that. 100%. And you're right, Lynn, it has been a contention in the dating world, but <laughs> fine. I'm okay with working a lot. Cause we love it. It's all about finding your own personal balance. And, you know, people talk about like, oh, it's the work-life balance. And I just don't believe in that because I think we all define it differently. Yeah. So balance is, is what you make it. And I think that's part yeah. of this whole world is like allowing yourself to be balanced in what you think is balanced mm -hmm. and setting the boundaries that work for you with setting your schedule that works for you. Yeah. And I'm not I'm unapologetic. I love what I do. It's not that I don't love, you know, my other relationships, but I love what I do and I love the impact and I'm not going to apologize for working hard to do this because this is my calling. And when I'm on the clock, I'm on the clock, but you know what? I know how to disconnect too, but what I do right now brings me so much joy and I'm going to leverage the hell out of that. And I'm going to, you know, go in there and do it not to the point of exhaustion, but I do it because it really does fill me up. And I'm good with that. We're definitely 100 friends, Clara. We're best friends. We're best I friends. Let's create another podcast it. with the three of us because this I is I love it. <laughs> we love this. Well, how can people get in contact with you and find more out about you? Um, the best thing is just to go to my website, which is just claracapano.com. Um, I have a free productivity assessment on there. They can get access to all of my books. Um, for all of my books, I do donate back to charities. So for um, my first book, Find Your Focus, I donate $5 from each of those books to St. Jude's organization. And my latest book, I am tying it to um, fight against human trafficking. So as people buy books, um, just know that I do donate $5 from each of them back to charities. Charities, and I have lots of workshops. My biggest thing is, again, in helping women define their vision and then design the strategy to get there. So I have some online courses as well as working one-on-one -on -one with me so that people can create not their business plan, but their success plan. And then I'm all over social media. If they just Google my name, they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. And of course, all of this will be in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that, take a look at the show notes. Yes. And for sure, if you are catching this podcast on another platform, whether that be Google or Spotify, go back to the pursuit of badassery.com slash podcast, and you will find all those show notes there with all of Claire's information. Yes. Thank you so much, Claire. We really obviously loved having you on. <laughs> Well, thank you. I love what you're doing. I love, you know, the idea that you're encouraging people to really level up, to take stronger looks at themselves and to really, you know, challenge themselves to, to be their best and to, again, unapologetically be that badass that we know is inside each and every one of us. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everybody, till next time. Get after it. All right, everyone, it's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuitofbadassery.com.